The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Wacky Wednesday on the Arrowhead Attic channel. I'm Adam Best, joined by the golden voice of Sterling Holmes and producer Richard doing his thing behind the scenes. How you doing, man? What's up, Leia? How are you? I'm a, I'm a little bit more excited than last week because we're a few days away from the pads, which always a good thing. At the same time, a little bit more anxious than last week with Chris Jones, not extended, with Kadarius Tony. I mean... Who the hell knows when we'll see him again? So it means someone has to step up. It means someone is getting an opportunity. Okay. I'm excited. It's training camp time, baby. Best season of their life. Okay. Best shape of their life season. I'm excited for this, man. I can't wait to do it. Uh, we're going to have some fun going through the wide receivers. But before we do any Chiefs talk, we have a deal for you guys. We have a new offer from FanDuel that you want to take full advantage of. New customers can get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks. All you have to do is click our link in the description to sign up. If you sign up for FanDuel with our link, you will not only have your first bet insured, but you will also be greatly supporting the podcast. So if you're interested in trying FanDuel, click the link below to sign up with us. This offer is available for new customers who are 200 plus and physically present in most legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the description for the offer's full terms. And if you already have FanDuel, you can head to arrowheadaddict.com slash bets to find more betting offers and ways to support the podcast. Before we do a super deep dive on the wide receiver room, there's something else I wanted to talk about, and that is the emergence of Nazi Johnson. Basically, everybody on the Chiefs beat, every reporter out there at training camp has said that Nazi Johnson, second-year corner, uh, was a seventh-rounder last year out of Marshall. He's been running with the ones. This is truly out of left field. Uh, it, it's not you know etched in stone yet, per se, uh, Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams are still very much around, but it seems like Nazi is emerging. Should we believe the hype or is Casey just giving, let's say a special team standout, a longer look? That's what I think it is. 
Okay. I don't take almost any credence to who plays CB1, running with the, with the ones if you're a cornerback, a wide receiver, or a running back. They rotate those guys through time and time again. I take literally nothing from that because they're going to do it. This is what they do. Uh, I think it's interesting in the fact that if he shows out as a cornerback, this gives him a huge chance to make the roster because I already believe he might be making it as a special teamer. If Nazi Johnson makes it as a special teamer and now it's at cornerback, not safety, that's different. Because right now, if you don't count Nazi Johnson, there's realistically five safeties are probably already going to try and keep with Brian Cook, Justin Reed, Jamari Connor, Deion Bush, Mike Edwards, right? You Correct. can't have six safeties, even if he is a special team only type of guy. You're going to have to try and make this work somehow. So maybe he gets the spot that Nick Jones was going to get. I don't know. I'm intrigued, though, by him playing cornerback. I'm not necessarily intrigued by the fact that he was running with the ones. I think that's a little overblown. Yeah, we shouldn't read too much into this and presume he's already a starter, that he's jumped Watson or Williams. I think what is fair to presume is that the Chiefs take him seriously as a corner. They think he can earn snaps this season, and he is more than Dave Tobe's favorite gunner. I think at this point, he almost looks like a roster lock. Mm. I don't know if I'd go lock. I, I thought I was the highest on Nazi Johnson. Um, I still think it's a close to 50-50 chance for Nazi. Again, I think it's his special teams that would sink him or make him on this uh, on this roster. I do think with Chris Lamont's no longer here in Kansas City, that was Nazi Johnson's spot. And you saw him late uh, down the stretch last year filling in that role. He was outstanding. Um so I think he would make it as a special teamer. If he can play any cornerback, that just behooves him even more. Yeah, and, and also keep in mind, Marcus Kemp is now with Eric Bieniemy in Washington. So there's some special team space on this roster. And special teams coach Dave Tobe, he gets to call a few shots every year when it comes to the 53. I think this will be one of the guys that he says, I, I need him. Uh, that's just my gut feeling. Things could, Things are always subject to change, but – it, it's good to have another late round defensive back at least showing out a little bit in camp. Yeah. When it comes to wide receivers, break this down for everyone. What are we doing? We are doing the wide receiver hunger games. So Kadarius Tony's unexpected, or maybe we should say expected injury has made the chiefs already unpredictable wide receiving wide receiver room more unpredictable. So I came up with a little game to try to make sense of the situation. So first, we're going to break down the pros and cons of each wide receiver that we actually think is a serious chance to be a contributor. So there's basically six guys here, if we're being honest with ourselves. Then we'll progress through a series of milestones and eliminate any wide out we expect to fall short at each level. And we'll find out who will be the last receiver standing. I will say we can throw one out. I know it's not on the list, but John Ross, as of 30 minutes ago, has retired. Uh, John Whoa. Ross has been placed on the reserve retired list. I'm looking right now on NBC Sports. Uh, the NFL's daily transaction wire shows that the Chiefs played Ross on the reserve retired list today. Uh, he was on a futures contract. Uh, so it sounds like as of now, John Ross's bid to 
make it on the Chiefs and quite frankly back into the NFL is coming to an end. It's a bummer for him. Former first round pick, I think top 10 pick. Nine had pick one spot before Patrick. Right. Same draft. Yeah. By by the Bengals. And just unreal speed, world class speed, never translated to on field success. He had a few moments. Uh, just a bummer, but him retiring really has to make you feel good about these six, especially him retiring on the heels of Kadarius Tony. And for this exercise, we're going to operate under the assumption that Tony will be unavailable for quite some time. Now, let's hope that he's out there week one, tearing it up against the Lions. But I think the coaching staff and all of us should not expect that at this point. Do, do you think John Ross said, hey, it's a hundred bleeping degrees. He looked at the forecast in St. Joe and said, I am out. I'm a long shot to make the roster. I ain't going through this. No chance. He, yeah. He was looking at two, two numbers and, and, and uh, you know, his toggling screens back and forth between his bank account and the heat index. And I guess uh, the heat index won out. He's like, I will become a financial advisor or whatever these athletes do once they retire and they don't make a lot of money. Uh, he's like, uh-uh, I'm choosing that one. I'm not going to sit here in St. Joe in triple-digit heat and sweat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's start with another burner, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Here are the pros. He's a quality field stretcher. GPS has clocked him as one of the fastest players on field in the entire league. Uh, the evidence of that is 17.2 yards per reception over the course of his career. I think it's fair to call him the most accomplished and experienced player in this group. Good size for the position, excellent blocker, and he's a tough, hard-nosed player who I think stepped up in the Super Bowl run, uh, not necessarily in the Super Bowl, but against Jacksonville and particularly in that Bengals game where a plague ripped through this wide receiver room. And he was really the only guy, the only vet that Patrick Mahomes could trust in that big moment. Uh, the cons for him, he's never gone over 700 yards, not once in any of his five seasons doesn't possess a full route tree. We heard last offseason that he could do things we hadn't seen before in Green Bay, that Green Bay was the limiting factor. I don't think we can we can agree with that any longer. His route tree is def, uh, definitely limited. He's not a good contested catch ball winner for his size. You think someone with that kind of height uh, could go up and get it, it's just not what he does. And then we have to mention the drops. He has had some drop issues 
They didn't really rear their ugly head last year, but historically he's been a guy that uh, doesn't clutch the ball in big moments. Five drops last year, according to PFF. Um, More than I would have thought. Yeah, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is an interesting piece. Um, He's obviously making the team. Uh, I think I actually am pretty comfortable with what he brings to the table. I know folks kept waiting for his breakout, but I kept saying this is who he is. By the way, he wasn't playing with a bum. Like, he wasn't playing with Daniel Jones, right? He was playing with, at the time, the MVP. Two time in a row with him, Aaron Rodgers. We, we can't forget that. I get Aaron Rodgers isn't Mahomes what he is right now, at least. But that was a damn good quarterback looking his way. Um, I know think about this. Adams. He played with an MVP quarterback three seasons in a row. Who else can say that? That is pretty wild. That is wild. He did obviously have Javante Adams on one side and then Alan Lazard. He was never the number one wide receiver, but also it gave him a lot of one-on-one looks. He was never, never able to take a huge advantage of that situation. But grand scheme of things, he brings a lot to the table as a known quantity. He is a high floor, okay? He mostly stays healthy. He's going to hover around that 600-yard range pretty consistently. Um, you mentioned the field-stretching ability. While the receptions to target numbers aren't going to be great, he had 42 receptions on 76 targets. The yards per receptions are massive, 16.4 yards a catch. That is outstanding. He is your big play threat on this team. He opens it up for the underneath guys, opens it up for, let's say, a Richie James, a Sky Moore, uh, even to an, to an extent, Travis Kelsey. So MVS is making this team. He has a good role in this team. While he's not going for a K, he's a valuable piece. Yeah, there's not very many players who can scream down the field at 22 miles per hour and be a credible threat to haul in a 60 or 70 yard, yard bomb. He can do that. He and Mahomes didn't really have the chemistry last year. Let's hope they develop it in 2023. Moving on from a known commodity to a more unknown commodity, Sky Moore. The pros here, highly regarded by the scouting community coming out. uh, Early declare second round wide receivers from small schools. Very, very rare. The last one we saw before him was Devontae Adams. And if you recall, Devontae Adams didn't have a great rookie year. I'm not saying he's Devontae Adams, but what I am saying is even highly regarded players coming out of these uh, small schools as juniors, you know, coming out early, very steep learning curve. So we shouldn't throw him, you know, in the trash can yet. I think he's, he's got a lot left to prove. He's only 22 years old. He's very versatile. He can line up anywhere. We saw him in the slot, flanker, X, backfield, every spot you could imagine last year. Uh, I think he's got a nice package of releases. Seventy, He's in the 70th percentile league-wide versus press via reception perception. Saw that, felt very good about that. He excels at shorter routes, uh, slants, digs, curls, those kind of things. That's kind of uh, what you mainly see him really operate in that part of the field, that short to intermediate range. And surprisingly, an 80% contested catch rate last year. So he's pretty good in tight coverage. He's more physical than you'd think for his size. The cons here, he really hasn't shown any ability in the pros to be a downfield separator. I I don't think we can expect that from him. Some mental lapses plagued year one. Beyond the punts, we found him running the wrong routes. I think there was some frustration. 
from the offensive coaching staff and Patrick Mahomes with that. Uh, he's slightly undersized at 5'10", 195. I'm not sure the giant mitts make up for that. He's got some of the biggest hands you'll ever see. And let's be honest, he just didn't flash much as a rookie. What's your summary of Sky Moore to date? Well, I will say I think he is the most randomly called bust I can think of in recent memory. Um, I think he is going to lead the Chiefs wide receivers in receptions. I think Sky Moore is going to be a killer in the mid-range, that 6- to 12-yard range. Uh, I think Sky Sky Moore uh, has the – ability to be huge in PPR leagues. Uh, I don't think Sky Moore is going over a thousand yards. I think Sky Moore probably hey, let's covers... leave some intrigue for the, for the actual game here, buddy. This is a game. <laughs> this is yeah. a game. It, it is a game, but we're going to get I, to these milestones here in a bit. And you're, you're basically tip, tipping. I'm your... not trying to give it. I'm, I'm just saying, okay. I'll, okay. I'll give you okay. more. I'm just saying, I think Sky Moore is way more, underrated in chief's kingdom than any receiver I can think of. Everyone keeps talking about Justin Ross. Everyone keeps talking about everyone else. Daenerys Prince at running back. Everyone loves these undrafted guys. He was drafted in the second round for a reason. We know in the Andy Reid chiefs offense, rookie wide receivers don't have a immediate impact. It's extremely, extremely rare. We knew he was coming out of a small school and this was going to take time. Yes. He probably will never get a whole bunch of separation downfield. That's not his game. A lot of guys don't. That's not Juju's game either, and he's carved out a lovely NFL career. I love Sky Moore, what he's bringing to the table. I think he reminds me a lot of a Deontay Johnson. The combine numbers are eerily similar. I mean, it is absolutely crazy. Uh, Sky Moore, if you like PFF, if you don't like PFF, then forget about it. I like PFF when it helps my case. This helps my case. I'm going to bring it up. Overall, he graded out as a 70.9 according to PFF. That's a lot higher than 70.9. According to PFF, that's not like a C in in school. That's closer to a B in school. He was actually higher, graded higher than George Pickens. He doesn't have the opportunity of a George Pickens. I also believe that some of his uh, mental lapses were caused from him being the return man. That's not his game. Focus on him as a wide receiver, and I think he shines. Yeah, I think he uh, he had some confidence issues that stemmed from those muffed punts, something he, I I see it mentioned in the chat. He never did that in college. That was not something he had experience about. I really blame the chiefs for putting him back there, you know, good moment in the AFC championship game, returning that punt. I just hope not to see him back there. My comp is interesting. I kind of see a poor man's Amon Ross St. Brown because he wins in the same quadrants of the field, very rugged, very tough, uh, Fearless, strong for his size. Again, not on that level, but kind of a a St. Brown light. You have no idea how much I love Amon Ross St. Brown, and you brought that up, and I can see at least a little of the similarities. Again, I don't think he's going for 1,200 yards. I don't think that's going to be a surprise or going to ruin our game, but I love Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown, I actually have a bet, a long-term bet all season long with someone. Uh, Actually, Tucker Franklin of KC Sports Network, love Tucker. Um, He took Calvin Ridley on the yards. I have Amon Ross St. Brown on the yards. I'm feeling pretty confident. Man, if I were Tucker, I'd be waving the white flag already. I think barring injury, uh, I just don't see Calvin Ridley 
what is he, 29, been out of the league for basically two years. Amon Ross St. Brown looks like the second coming of Cooper Cup. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. I think you are on the winning side there. Uh, let's move on to Rasheed Rice, who started off camp on a rough note. We remember last week we were talking about him throwing up, but in the past seven days, he's really shined. Every day, it, it sounds like the uh, the drumbeat gets kind of louder. Uh, so it's hard at this point, especially with Kadarius gone, to contain our excitement about the second rounder. Let's look at the pros and cons. Excellent draft capital, same as Sky Moore. Uh, elite yards per route run versus both zone and out of the slot at SMU. That bodes well for him being a, a potential long-term Juju Smith-Schuster type player in the Kansas City offense. Here's where he's a little different than Juju. He's a big play guy. He led the nation in pass interference flags drawn and catches of 20-plus air yards. He had 18 of those. Solid size. I definitely think it's safe to say he's got some dog in him. Uh, he immediately came in, started playing against vets, started playing against Trent McDuffie, who we all know is a very hard cover, did not back down an inch. I think that's his personality. He's dangerous in the open field. He's a yak guy that's hard to bring down. I think that's a good fit for the system where it's gone in the uh, the post-Tyreek Hill era. By the way, you see what Tyreek said? Yeah, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame as a Dolphin. I will give him this. No man is a better pot stirrer than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill should look at, should work at an Italian restaurant because dude is constantly stirring the pot. I mean, it's absurd. Yeah, he's he's turning into the football Kanye. You know, he just everything's about him. And I'm I'm not uh, on days like this. I'm not too sad that he's gone. Um, here are the cons with Rice. He was extremely inconsistent and even sloppy at times. So can he be mentally engaged and find more consistency? Uh, he had a limited route tree and played in a gimmicky offense. Now, was that because of his limitations or the offense? We're going to find that out. His contested catch percentage, uh, not as good as you'd think if you just watched his highlight reel. Sometimes he mistimes his jumps or doesn't squeeze the football or leans into contact. He's got to clean that up. And then lastly, uh, this is the real scary part. Wide receivers who win with burst, who just kind of their, their dominant trade is just short range athleticism. They just out athlete the competition. They have a spotty track record. Think about John Baldwin. I know that's a, that's a terrible nightmarish hey, name. Hey, for, yeah. He made one of the greatest catches that never counted in chiefs kingdom history. True. Okay. True. That one catch uh, around the dude was absurd. It didn't count. There's a flag, but come on. Some other comps. Legend. Some other comps on the negative side: Kevin White, Nikhil Harry, and John Doxson. Uh, you know, there's a laundry list of busts who fit this uh, this archetype. Uh, so I'm just hoping he's a little bit different. The other thing to point out is we're in an era where players like this who aren't great separators versus man, we're figuring out how to use those players. The Debo Samuels, the, the Cooper Cups. Um, not, receivers don't have to be one size fits all anymore. 
But what's your opinion on Rice after uh, a week of camp? I think the first con you brought up, which was true in college, the extremely inconsistent and at times sloppy, I firmly believe that's going to get ironed out in the NFL, especially here in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and with Andy Reid. They don't – that's not going to fly. That's not going to fly. When you are the most talented guy at your school, high school, college, you it's not necessarily a good thing, but you can be a little lax because you know what? You're going to be on the field. You're still getting the ball thrown your way. You're still going to get your numbers. And you're still going to probably win your matchup. But when you play against Georgia in college, when you play against NFL competition, that ain't going to fly. He's going to have to be more precise. That might be why he threw up. He's not used to going that hard that often. But what you have heard from camp since then, he's been one of the focal points. He's been shining. He's been uh, one of the more in shape guys at training camp. Um, I'm excited about Rasheed Rice. Uh, I'll give you, I guess, some of my thoughts later on as far as how much he plays and the opportunity he's going to receive. But in a nutshell, um, I have less concerns about the cons, although I will say I think he is one of the more boom or bust wide receivers on this on this roster currently. Yeah, I find myself wondering if he has the highest ceiling of this entire group. And that might be true with where we're at right now. Let's move on to your guy. You famously called it, well, famously in in chief circles at least, you predicted Richie James as sort of a a dark horse candidate to join the Chiefs, and that is exactly what transpired. Here are the pros. He flashed last year despite playing with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, not the worst quarterback in the league, but certainly not the best. He's a strong buns. Come on, man. (laughs) <laughs> hey, when you stack him up against the, the rest of the starting 32 quarterbacks, he's about in the middle. Yeah. Not worth the 40 million they're paying him, but from the Giants' perspective, hey, what's the alternative? It could be worse. So he's a strong route runner who can beat man coverage. I think that is where he excels very quick. Uh, he's stuck in the league for five years despite being a seventh rounder. Not easy to do. Teams kind of get tethered to that draft capital and it's hard for them to change their mind. He's got return game ability. Hopefully we use that. I'm sure we will in the absence of Kadarius Tony. And he's a savvy player who already knows the playbook due to his time in New York with offensive quarter coordinator, Mike Kafka. So uh, not the exact same play uh, playbook, but similar, similar concepts, similar terminology. It seems like he's come in and, and, and grasped everything very quickly the cons, uh, this dude is tiny, right? Mm-hmm. He's like 5'9", 175 or something. So that slight build is a little worrisome. He took until year four in the pros to have a mini breakthrough. He's already on his third team. And does his small salary show what the league actually thinks about him? That is very fair. But you know what else is fair? Dude was wide receiver one the last few games of the season for that Giants team. No one else was stepping up. Richie James, the seventh rounder, the tiny guy who was coming out of where do you go to high, where do you go to college? Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. That was the wide receiver one for the New York Giants. Those yeah. last four games of the season, he was outstanding. Uh, you look at what he did last four games of the year, seven of eight 
for 61 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he was four of five. Then he was eight of 10 for 90 yards. Final game of the year, seven of seven, 76 yards and a touchdown. Uh, oh, by the way, on the entire season, 57, 57 receptions on how many targets? 67. Good for an 85% clip. Dude catches the ball when it's thrown his way. That's what he does. I understand the concerns. He's not going to have a lot of yak. He, the, the, the Chiefs have so many guys with yak ability. They just need a guy who can catch the ball and fall. They need a right. guy who can catch the ball. I think Richie James is going to be outstanding, kind of like Sky Moore in the intermediate route. He is going to be a killer on third down. He's on the field with Travis Kelsey. I'm really excited for Richie James. Again, I'm not saying he's a wide receiver one, but I think the underlying numbers show that Richie James is much, much better than I think people believe just because his name's not a huge name. He, he graded out as the 38th overall wide receiver, according to PFF last year. That was ahead of some pretty big-name guys. And, oh, yeah, that ranked higher than Juju Smith-Schuster. A little bit of the same ilk that I talked about, Sky Moore not having a huge opportunity. Richie James didn't have a huge opportunity. And then when he did get an opportunity, he took it and ran with it. So I think Richie James is going to have a much bigger impact than a lot of people are believing. Yeah, and he was previously stuck in San Francisco behind Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, two very good players. Uh in terms of a wide receiver four or five, which is probably where he fits in here. Now, can he exceed those expectations? Possibly, but I definitely see him as an upgrade on guys like Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson. Do you know what his passer rating when targeted was last year? Let's hear it. 122. That's absurd. It's not too shabby. That's absurd. Again, with Daniel Jones throwing him the ball. Yeah, and it'll be in a similar system this year because, you know, Mike Kafka yep. is off the Andy Reid tree. Uh, number five here, Justin Watson. So kind of gets left out of a lot of these conversations, but the team obviously likes Justin. They signed him to a two-year contract. Not a lot of money, so they can probably get out of it, but needed to be said, the pros. He's big, fast, and explosive. He actually has the highest relative athletic score of this entire group, believe it or not, 9.55. Uh, Ivy League guy, obviously sharp, uh, clung to his spot in the league while buried on that crazy deep bucks depth chart, right? Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. At one time, you had Antonio Brown or whatever was left of him. He actually played pretty good during that Super Bowl run. Uh, run. So he clung to his spot there. I, I was always kind of impressed by him and thought, given his, his measurables, that he had potential. He picked up the playbook fast, earned coaches' trust immediately, and I, I think that extends to Patrick Mahomes, who was raving about him last offseason. Now, Patrick is a good leader and raves about almost everybody, but he did seem to have an early connection with Justin Watson, and he's a solid blocker as well. The cons here, he's not very agile for a dynamic or plus athlete. Uh, he had some costly drops, Maybe the best pass Patrick Mahomes has ever made in his life. That rolling pass out of the end zone. And he, and he just, it still kills me that he dropped that because it was so perfect. It would have been one of the, uh, certainly one of the top 20 highlights of Mahomes' uh, career. And that, that sounds like a large number, but here's a guy whose top 100 highlights uh, would, would all be captivating. Uh, lowest yards per route run of all contributors at this position last year. 
That includes a departed Juju Smith-Schuster and McCall Hardman. And he disappeared at times, I think. One of my frustrations with him earning snaps over Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore was he was sort of a wind sprinter out there. He just wasn't getting targeted. I wonder if he lost the trust of Patrick Mahomes at some point. And then he's another smaller, uh, smaller salary. Does that also hint at what the league thinks of him? I like him in a sense of a roller coaster where you have to be this tall to ride. The back end of the players, Amir Smith-Marset, Justin Ross, um, Cornell Powell, these type of players, they have to be better than Justin Watson to make the team. What Justin Watson also has going for him is he's a fine special teamer. That also helps him at the back end. If you're wide receiver five, wide receiver six, most likely you're a special teamer first and wide receiver second. That's a little bit how it goes in that spot. Justin Watson is fine in a nutshell. He doesn't move the needle for me. Uh, I think he's pretty redundant when it comes to his style of play with MVS. I think MVS is just a better version of Justin Watson, although MVS doesn't play special teams. If you notice last year, the snap count differential, when MVS had that downturn, I don't know why he was in the doghouse, but for whatever reason he was, and MVS's snap count went down, who's went up? Directly correlated with Justin Watson. When Justin Watson didn't have a lot of snaps, who's was high? MVS. So in my opinion, they're a little bit of a redundancy, but it's a good bet just so you know what you have. He's a floor play, in my opinion. Um, I'll never be mad at that. It's a cheap contract. Justin Watson has done a nice job carving out this uh, NFL career for him. Uh, if he does not make this team, I know it's a two-year deal, right? So I understand, but I keep, I keep pointing out it's not a lot of money. In the nope. grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of money. They will eat it if they have to. They will put the best players on the field. They will not keep an extra 800K on the books because if someone else is better, they just won't do it. They're, they're playing for a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know if he makes the roster. I think for me personally, he is on the, the bubble with, I think, the guy you're going to mention next. Yeah, and he is a redundancy in my eyes, but given how important spacing is in this offense to to get that yak underneath, I think were something to happen to MVS, he's really the next best field stretcher we have. So for that reason, he might be safe, especially with Kadarius Tony looking somewhat unlikely to be ready for week one, in my opinion. The the man, the myth, the legend, what we've all been waiting for, Justin Ross, the pros. Uh, yeah, you got to say it. He was a phenom at Clemson pre-injuries. He looked like a top 10 pick in that moment when they won the national championship. He was on that team. He was better than Hunter Renfro. He was better than T. Higgins in that moment. Uh, was a long time ago, but I think it's important to point that out. He's sort of the prototypical ex-receiver. We don't have a lot of that in the league anymore, but he's 6'4", 210, got to like the size. I think the technical route running chops are there. You hear people in camp, the coaching staff pointing that out. He can really run routes. Contested catch specialist. Uh, he can go up and get it. He has strong hands, doesn't drop balls. Uh, and I think he has the mindset to overcome challenges. What he has gone through, I think a lot of other players would have just given up. And he stuck with it. I think that resiliency could serve him well as he tries to stick in the league. The cons here, his athletic testing pre-draft was absolutely horrific. Yeah. Now, was that due to injuries? 
Yeah. Or is that just the diminished athlete he has become? I think it was probably due to injuries at the time and he's rounded back into shape. The question is, has he rounded all the way back into shape? And I guess we'll find that out. Is he another outside clasher archetype who can't separate? You know, I got to wonder about that. The same stuff we were talking about with Rasheed Rice, I think applies to him. He hasn't accomplished anything significant in years. That's just a fact. And I think I'm very optimistic compared to where I was, say, a month ago about him. But we still have to see him do it with the pads on. We still need to see him do it in a preseason game. So he's come a long way. He's got a long way to go. Where are you at with Justin Ross? I can't wait for someone to yell at me again, calling me a hater. That happened yesterday. I'm not a hater. I'm a realist. I I like Justin Ross. I hope he makes the team just for him. That'd be so freaking cool. Okay? I'm rooting for the man. But I'm cautious. Dude has not been productive since 2019. 2019. He was great in 2018. He was really good in 2019. Didn't play 2020. Um... And then 2021, he came back, had a little foot stuff, and had 500 yards. He played. Yeah, he was injured, but he he played. Wasn't good. I, I feel like we're at times thinking of him the same way people thought of Josh Gordon. When Josh Gordon had that incredible year, and we kept saying, a little bit different, but Josh Gordon kept saying, well, look at what he did. And I'm sitting here going, that was five years ago. What, what yeah. are we doing here? And I get Justin Ross is much younger and it was injuries and you hope he bounces back, but it wasn't just the spine. It was feet too. It was injuries that slow you down. Not good for, as you mentioned, a guy who doesn't test well already. I like Justin Ross. I am rooting for him. And I see people say, now you saw that quarterback he had in 2021. Yeah, it was different. It wasn't Trevor Lawrence. And his coach has also said, his college coach, that uh, he really gutted it out and played through a lot of pain. So I think that should also be noted. I like Justin Ross, but I I just don't get it. He's somehow the only guy that can take his shirt off and run up a hill, and everyone says he's going for 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like, there was a reason he was undrafted. I know it's because of injuries, and everyone's going to say, well, it wasn't because of talent. But when you have not played since 2019 or a good year since 2019, your draft stock is going to fall. If he was that high of an upside, someone would have taken a chance in the fourth round. He got cleared by the Chiefs. So they went to Kansas City because they medically cleared him. I'm rooting for him. But to act like he's an absolute lock and going for a K, I just think is is asinine. Well, you can do both things. You can, as analysts, we sometimes have to take off our Chiefs fan hat and put on our more objective hat. So I am rooting my guts out for this kid to make it. He's, it would be one hell of a story. We all like an underdog story, um, but he's got a long ways to go. And I, I'm, I'm impressed so far weekend. So we've broken down the six that, that we think are the major contenders to step up in Kadarius Tony's absence, potential absence. Let's go through some milestones and we're going to eliminate these guys if we do not think they'll make it one by one. And we'll see who the last receiver standing will be. The first milestone makes the opening day roster. 
Do we think all these guys will make the opening day roster? I think right now, yes, because I, I just based on what Kadarius Tony and the, the injuries and the concern level and all that stuff, the Chiefs obviously understand where they're at. It's a Super Bowl type of season. They're not going to rush him back. There's no reason to rush Kadarius Tony back. They will make sure he is he is back whenever he is 100% healthy. Not 90, not 95, 100% healthy. So I think these six make the team, although I will say keep an eye out for Amir Smith-Marset. Yeah. Yeah, he for his returnability probably in particular. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. They – if you look at the way they treat injuries, think about Trent McDuffie, how they slow played that last year. And this isn't a guy like Trent McDuffie. This is a guy like Sammy Watkins. This is almost a guy that you want to put in, in bubble wrap until the playoffs and squeeze everything you can get out of him for a three or four game run like they did Sammy. Uh, I'm just super bummed out about Kadarius because my hope was that program he came into in New York. GM Dave, uh, Dave Gettleman and head coach Joe Judge. They just had no clue what they were doing. And I had hoped that he became disengaged, kind of uh, wasn't motivated, wasn't connected, and that he would come to a program like Kansas City and Mahomes and Reed and everybody else would reach out to him, get him bought in. He would have the best training offseason of his career and they would kind of clean up some of that dis, uh, that dysfunction in his lower body and get him on track. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. So it, it's just hard to be optimistic about him going forward. This just might be who he is. Mm-hmm. And, and I just wonder if Kadarius Tony, that wide receiver one talk that we heard uh, was just hot air. And we're going to see someone who has reduced touches and snaps to keep him dynamic, but also healthy. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, I will say, if he misses the entire season, Chiefs are still going to be Super Bowl favorites. No matter who they lose at wide receiver, it could be for the full year, for half a season, they will still be Super Bowl favorites. We knew the story coming in with Kadarius Tony. This is who he is. He bought into the system of Kansas City. He's all in. But doesn't mean his body is going to all of a sudden be better. Um, can't change that. You feel for the guy. Hope he gets better. Hope he's ready at some point this year, and I hope he's healthy come playoff time. I will say injury could – if you knew he was going to get injured, having it happen now is great because that means you're going to not have him for at least the least important part of the season. So that's at least some sort of negative into a positive, a silver lining, if you will. Yeah, and and along with the departure of McColl and Juju, it may force Andy Reid to play Rasheed Rice – a little more than he would typically play a rookie. So I'm with you on those six making the roster. I think Kadarius's injury is the opportunity that Justin Ross needed. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to seize it. Milestone number two, plays in at least eight or nine games. How many of these guys make the cut? MVS, Richie, Sky, and Rasheed for sure. Uh, it comes down to Justin Agreed. Watson and it comes down to Justin Ross comes down to when Kadarius Tony comes back or does Kadarius Tony even play eight or nine games. If he only plays six games, then maybe they all six do because they're going to have to rotate guys in and out. Um, comes down to, to Justin Watson and, and, and Justin Ross. Um, I tend to think Watson will get there on special teams. I think he's the better bet. 
And I just don't know it for us because of the health is going to be on teams. Uh, that's one of my worries about him. Are we, are we eliminating Justin Ross? I'll be a contrarian. I don't believe in this super hard, but I'll say it anyways. I'm going to say Watson. I'll say Ross plays in at least eight or nine games. I say Watson does not play in eight or nine games. I say Watson uh, gets replaced by Tony uh, because his skill set is very redundant with MVS. I will. I don't believe in it super hard, but I well, believe we, in it a little. We need a, cons- <laughs> we need a consensus here. So I think I will side with you and say that the Chiefs lean into uh, Justin Ross's upside and give him uh, more snaps than Justin Watson. So sorry, Justin Watson, but you have been eliminated. Wow, best. Can't believe you hate Justin Ross and Justin Watson. Hard to believe. Not a Justin Timberlake. Your name's Justin. I don't like you. I'm just kidding. Uh, are you? Wild, are you? Are you kidding? You'll never know. Milestone number three has over 300 yards receiving. Ooh. Okay. Sky and MVS, I feel pretty confident about. Very confident. I'm going Richie for sure. Richie's okay. a lock. Come on now. Okay. I feel good about that. Uh, I, I think I even looking back at what Sky Moore did. He cleared this bar last year. So I, I feel pretty good about Rashi, who I think is a little bit more pro-ready clearing yep. this bar than him. I think uh, this is where we say goodbye to our friend Justin Ross, though. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm thinking, <laughs> gosh, apparently we already killed him off. I, is that how I, I've never seen Hunger Games. Did, did he kill him off? Do they just like tranquilize him? What do they do? No, they get, they get killed, I think. Oh, dude, it's, you it's are been a... a- it's been a long time. Yes. Well, I, I I didn't really want to do Survivor. It's kind of lame. So oh. we're doing the Hunger Games instead. But that was kind of like I, the Oscars I, when I, you were, you weren't done speaking and they started the music. What do you think? No, it doesn't matter now. You got them. You're in agreement though, because we. No, can I don't know. I'm on the fence. I was thinking. I'm trying to do some ciphering over here. We can okay. undo it. We can you know undo what? it. I'm, I'm going with future trunks. Don't just don't do this to your fellow Justin Ross hype people now, Sterling. All right. 301 yards, baby. There we go. Okay. I'll, uh, 301 yards. I'm dubious, but, uh, for the fans, I will, I will believe. I'll believe. I'll believe. So we're not, we, uh, we're resuscitating Justin Ross after. No, you had a Barrett fitty cow in the trees and you were just sitting there, just, just scoped in. Oh. I thought we've been pretty generous saying he's going to make the opening roster. He's going to play. He's going to play in eight or nine games. We were considering 300 yards, which not very many Chiefs players cleared that bar last year. Let's move to milestone number four has over 700 yards receiving. And the interesting thing here is nobody on this roster has done it in the NFL yet. Mm. But MVS came close last year. Juju yeah. came close to a thousand yards despite missing a couple games. So someone's going to have to, you know, take those receptions and yards, man. I'm, I think I'm in on MVS. He almost got there last year. He, uh, if he can just get a little bit more on the same page 
with Patrick Mahomes, just like 10, 20% more on the same page, he's going to get to like 750. I know. I actually have a bet with Matt Connor over under 70, 750. He has over, I have under 750 for MVS. I think he gets over 700, but I think he goes under 750. Uh, I think MVS just barely crests that 700 number. So I will say MVS. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to between Sky Moore and I'm, I'm in on Sky Moore and I'm Richie on- James. Um, I almost want to say both. Uh, the only reason I, I know if I say both, then they're at 2,100 yards. Let's say let's say Travis Kelsey gets 1,200 again, right? Then you're at 33,000, 3,300. Sorry, 33,000 would be very impressive. Uh, 3,300 yards. Uh, let's just say you get that's that's doable. If three guys get 700, Travis gets 12, and then you have the rest made up by the rest of the wide 1500 for yeah, for Jarek and and Noah and anybody else who catches passes in this offense. I'm gonna say Sky Moore and Richie James both get over 700. And uh, the reason Ooh. being is Richie James had what was it 569 last year, and he was he wasn't a starter until like the last four games of the year. Um, I'm going to say all three, MVS, Sky, and Richie, go over 700 yards. So your vote of confidence in, in uh, Richie James is basically saying Rasheed Rice is going to have those rookie training wheels on. Yes, 100%. And, 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 and Richie James is going to kind of break out as wide receiver three. Correct. In this offense. That is 100% correct. Oh, I don't know if I'm buying it, though. I don't think I'm buying it. I don't think I'm on board. Well, but, uh, I don't care. Snipe one of your own guys. You already, yeah, you're, you're, can, you, you we, already got a quick, yeah, you got your trigger happy over there. Okay? I know. I know. I'm trigger happy. But it sounds like neither of us think Rasheed Rice is going to clear 700 yards. If it was 500, I might have been in here. 700 for a rookie in, in this offense. I'm not even sure Tyreek Hill did that. I'm still out on. I'd be out on 500 for for Rasheed Rice this year. I, again, I think these are the three guys you look at most. So I think MBS, Sky Moore, and Richie James. I'm all in on over 700 yards. Okay, for for Richie James, I think it would have to be a scenario where Kadarius just doesn't do much this year. Which I don't is think he's going to play in entirely plausible games. Well, I would probably take the under at this point. I, I mean, would too. I, I know we sound very pessimistic, but it it is real hard to find optimism in his situation right now. So let's go ahead and move on to milestone number five. Did you take off Rasheed Rice then? Did you do the... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, 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 you call me trigger happy, so I try to back off a little bit. Um, but Rasheed Rice has been eliminated. Better things ahead, Rasheed, in year two and year three. So milestone number five... Over 75 receptions. Juju Smith-Schuster had 78 last year for reference. Oh, man, you're making this hard on me. That's, uh, the, uh, that's the whole point. I, I'm, I the, think only, I'm, the only one that really has a legitimate shot, in my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, Sky Moore. Yeah. I think it's not going to be MVS. It's not Rasheed Rice. It's not Kadarius no. Tony. You're no. left with who are the intermediate route runners. You have Richie James, which I don't think even gets that much. And I'm the biggest Richie James supporter. Come on now. Um, hey, Tom, we know Kelsey's doing all these. Oh, I appreciate you, Tom. You're a good dude. Um, 
And I see KL says, you guys got Mahomes throwing for like 3,500 yards this season. No, that's 3,500 just with no, Sky, we throwing Richie, for 4,800. Easy. Yeah, yeah. easy. We, we, we haven't even counted like Jarek McKinnon, the back end wide receivers, what Kadarius Tony even ends up doing. Noah Gray. Um, Noah Gray, yeah. So he, Potentially they could, even tr- they could even trade for a receiver midseason like they did last year. You never know. Um, um I think Sky Moore is the guy. I'll say Sky Moore. I think he gets. I think he just crests seventy five. Yeah, I can see him doing it. I think definitely right around eighty, right around what yeah. Juju did, and maybe if Kadarius played seventeen games, I could see him getting. Oh gosh, that number of touches, but it's just not going to happen. So uh, it's got to be Sky Moore. And I, I just can't get there with Richie James. It was kind of a stretch for me to go to 700. Uh, Take it, MBS. Yeah. Richie James yeah. survives. No, Richie James does not survive at 75. Come on. Why, why are you, no, just just we only take out one at a time, though, right? Or do you take out everyone? No, we can take out as many as we want. Oh, I didn't know that. We, we can get bloodthirsty here. I'm just yeah. a huge fan of Richard Rondell, Richie James Jr. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm come on. Don't do this to me. You're basically president of the fan club at this point. But but MVS is definitely out, and I think Richie James is, is out as well because they have come nowhere near this. Well, actually, how many receptions did he have? 50, you said 50, mid-50s, right? Who are we talking about now? Richie James. Oh, we're, we're talking about my dude? I know I know MVS had 43 he, last he year. He had 57 last year. That's why he said and, throw and MVS how, out because Richie James would be the closest one. And how many games? Oh, come on. I, I keep exiting out of the thing. You're, you're, you're hurting my fingers. Okay. It's I think he played in every single game. He just didn't play much early on. He uh, went through some, some spells. I mean, that was a crazy wide receiver room there in New York as well, because they had like that Isaiah Hodgkins guy uh, mm-hmm. kind of pop. They had Darius Slayton in and out. Wandale Robinson got hurt. He played in 17 uh, games last year. He okay. just only he started in four, played in or he was a starter in four and played in 17. I guess if he ends up starting as that wide receiver three because he beats out Rasheed Rice, it, it I mean it is possible, but it, it is highly improbable. I would say so. I mean, if you want to get weird, this is Wacky Wednesday. If you want to keep him for one more milestone. We can we can do that, but we are going to have to say uh, goodbye to your friend pretty soon. Mm. Okay, let's just go ahead and do it. Let's just go ahead and do it. Marquez Valdez Scantling, you have been eliminated. I think this is the end of the road. Probably, maybe not. You're holding on for for dear life here and refusing to let go. Milestone number six starts every single game. Um, that could I, be with the caveat that they miss one or two because of because of injury or something. Or starts fourteen plus games. Okay. Um, I honestly think it's going to be two guys. I think MVS and Sky Moore both do it. Yeah, maybe I should have. Uh, I thought that might be. Yeah, I think that should have been milestone number five, and this should have been milestone number six. But I don't know that Richie James is going to get fourteen starts. I am very confident, barring health, that Sky Moore will get 14 starts. 
I think so too. Rich uh, Marquez had 11 starts technically last year. He didn't, he played in all 17 games. Um, I'll go with Scott Moore with you. I mean, what kind of technicality is that? Because yeah, it, I never understand the technicality. Uh, it, do you it have felt to like the he, first play? Do you have to play a certain snap count? I, I don't know the actual. Um, I would have guessed that he started every game. That was I would have too. That's yeah. what it felt like, even if it's not technically true. Yeah, it's it. The rules are silly. I got to do it to you, man. Richie James, you have been eliminated. I never even got to say goodbye. I know, man. It's I'm wearing black for a reason. Uh, we're in a state of mourning. Uh, but I uh, got to give you credit. You have been a ride or die before he was even a chief. So I uh, got to be a sad moment for Sterling. Milestone number seven. Now we're getting to a point where Sky might have to go bye-bye. Uh, 100... Uh, not 100, 1,000 yards receiving. Yeah, we're out. We're out. Even if he replicates Juju's season from a year ago. Stop. He, no. Uh, why? No. I mean, he's a, he, I think he could be better this year than Juju was last year. Travis Kelsey is the only one that's going to do this. Okay, but do you not agree that from an athletic standpoint – from perhaps even a route running standpoint. How about this? We bet on it. You have Sky Moore for a thousand plus yards. I have him for nine ninety nine and under. That's quite the bet. But someone there you go. Come on. no, I'm just thinking about it. someone has to step up in this offense. I think someone will break out. Uh and if Mahomes almost throws for five thousand yards again. I don't I don't know. Juju looked terrible. He looked terrible his last year in, in Pittsburgh. You inject him in that slot role and he almost gets a thousand yards. If he didn't get concussed, he would have gotten a thousand yards. Sure. No, so I'm, I'm offering you this. If you if you if you believe uh, this strongly and Sky Moore going I, over a K, I, I you can throw yeah, a I, something on it. I, I wouldn't say strongly, but I do believe there's a better chance. Maybe 50-50 chance that he will. So I'm willing for the sake of entertainment. Let's go, baby. To, to, bet, to bet on Sky Moore. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are so great. And Travis Kelsey has such such gravity around him that someone will have to kind of step up in the absence of Juju and uh, McColl and what looks like Kadarius for at least part of the season. And I think he's going to be the beneficiary of all this. Uh, he, he looks great in camp so far. He seems like a different person. Uh, I'm really high on him. If you get the chance to draft him, I don't know if you guys are doing fantasy drafts yet, but if you're doing best ball or whatever, he's, he's sitting there until like pick 100. And I think that is an excellent selection in fantasy. By the way, next week we're going to be doing, I don't even know if Sterling knows this yet, but we're going to be doing a fantasy football special focused on the chiefs and the AFC West, it is officially time to uh, start thinking fantasy, which is one of my favorite things in the world. So, I love Scott Moore. I already have him for over 75 receptions. And you say, hey, Sterling, how is that possible? If he gets 75 receptions at 11 yards per catch, that is 825 yards. That's about right where I have him. 
Okay, that's under that K by a pretty wide margin. Best, what are we betting on this? Come on. Hmm. We'll have to think about it. Come up with something. No, cool. no. In the chat, no. come on. What, what should we bet? Okay. Um, I don't know. You got to. Somebody said in the chat that the uh, the only person to break out is going to be Chief Saholic. That's great. That's ideal. I don't know for, yeah, future trunks. Nice one there. If that's the case, uh, I don't know that we're going to repeat. We need one of these guys to step up and at least approach a thousand yards. Is that fair to say? Uh, I like this instead. You have okay. to grow uh, the Sterling stash if you lose. Okay. How about just the mustache, the Sterling stash? You gotta let that thing get thick. Can I do like a? Can I do like a Frank Zappa or something? You know, like a, like a seventies. I'm not shaving the head. No, you Come do. On you do a stash and a soul patch, and you will like it best. Yeah, we're also not doing a foot massage. I mean, we've <laughs> we've, we've all seen foot uh, Pulp Fiction. We know what that means. Mm-mm. Gotta grow the uh-uh. Sterling stash. Okay, all right. Well, what about you? What do you have to do? Um, I'll do a soul patch. You'll do a soul patch. Okay. What do you think? Handle soul bar. patch, is that fair? Yours is way... See, I think it's it's fair based on the value. I don't think he goes over a K. I think the odds would be in my favor. I think a soul patch is much more uh, gross than a yeah. mustache. So yeah, I think yeah. that's fair, yeah. Yeah, I can deal with looking like a used car salesman for for a week or two. Hey, I do not look like a used car salesman. I look like Burt Reynolds. How dare you? Okay. Burt Reynolds, uh, I feel that. Uh, but are we killing off Sky Moore? Because we're, we have a split decision here. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So the future milestones would have been double-digit touchdowns before I eliminate Sky Moore. Can anybody do that in this offense? I think the best chance was Kadarius Tony because I thought they were going to use Tony around the end zone as those little, you know, forward shovel passes. I thought, oh, yeah, that is going to be Tony's specialty. But if he's not going to play a lot of games, I don't think anyone receiver-wise gets to there. Yeah. Yeah. Rasheed Rice – if this was his second season, maybe I could see him being a prominent red zone target. Uh, it's not really MVS's game. Justin Ross has potential in this area, but I just don't see it. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, post over 100 receptions, we obviously don't think that's going to happen. And then the last one was makes the Pro Bowl. Uh, if the Chiefs go... 15 and two sky Moore is the second best player in this offense. Is it, is it in the realm of possibilities? I mean, Orlando Brown jr. Made some pro bowls, right? No. Frank Clark played very mid and made a pro bowl once. I think just being in the red and yellow gives you a chance. If you're one of the more prominent players. No, I think it's fair, but I don't think any wide receiver does it for Kansas City. The ball is going to be spread around like a hot potato. Well, Sky Moore, the good news is you are the last man standing. The bad news is you have also been eliminated. 
Do uh, we still stand? Were we just the judges? Because I don't want to die, my guy. Yeah, I, we, I, I don't want to. We don't die. We're the we're the cowards, you know, being protected. Oh, you know. Yeah, I love my life. Like I, I I I I do not want to. I got a basketball game. I'm supposed to get to in a couple hours, so I, I yeah. do not want to. You know, they need team needs me. We have a dynasty to celebrate here, right? Um. Well, I I don't know that that made me feel better because there's just so much uncertainty. And I think the thing we all have to recognize with this room is certainty costs a lot of money, whether in the stock market, clothes, I mean, any, anything you do, uh, certainty has a price. And all these guys are relatively cheap, right? Mm-hmm. No, no first round picks. I mean, Kadarius Tony is, but we're not really talking about him. So I think it's going to once, once again have to be wide receiver kind of by committee with MVS and Sky Moore sort of leading the charge. Is that what we've determined here today? Yeah, I, I think that's very, very fair with a, a smattering, if you will, of Richie James. And uh, some early signs of life from Rasheed Rice with Justin Ross hanging on to a spot in the league. I think we could all live with that. I think this could probably, if if Sky Moore can get to that mm, that 800-yard marker, 75 catches, 800 yards, something like that, I think that might be enough for this team to get back to the promised land. But they're going to need they're going to need him to to be the guy unless they make a midseason trade because I just don't think Rasheed's not ready. I don't think Richie is that guy. Uh, I think he's a good, uh, a good weapon to to feature uh, down the chain. But uh, I just don't see anybody else even capable of approaching one thousand. Last question here: mm. Given this situation, if Kadarius continues to be hobbled by injuries, and none of these guys look as good as we hope, what do you think the chances are that the Chiefs? bring somebody in with another midseason deal. Now keep in mind, they've done a trade at the deadline two years in a row. And last year, league wide, there was twice as many trades at the deadline than ever before in league history. So yeah, it's like 13. Yeah, but I mean, I mean like no, NBA, no, 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 <laughs> it, went, it went from five to 10 to, you know, I think yeah. as general managers get younger, this is going to be more and more common, uh, especially when you see, a trade like the Kadarius Tony one, that's the thing to remember about that third rounder we spent is it has already paid off. Mm-hmm. It led to a Super Bowl victory. I don't think we get there without that pump return. So, um, but what, what are the odds percentage wise that the chiefs make a deadline deal for maybe not like a superstar, but another usable weapon that could help them down the stretch. I would probably say like 33.33 repeating, of course, percent. I think it's probably like, you know, a third. Um, Again, 13 moves last year. I know the Chiefs like to do it, but it's typically for veteran edge rushers. Uh, Terrell Suggs comes to mind, right? Uh, Melvin Ingram comes to mind. Uh, but I'm they've also saying, added, you know, they've added Tony. Tony. Sure. I'm not saying it's impossible. Le'Veon, I, I just, Le'Veon Bell was the guy that they added. Sure. Mid season. Um, um, I definitely don't think it's going to be for a superstar. I, I, I think. No, no, like Mike Evans is fed up. No, in, no. In, in Tampa. 
I, I think Hunter Renfro is a decent opportunity at some point. If Hunter Renfro and the Raiders don't come to some sort of conclusion, something happens there. I think Hunter Renfro could be an interesting name to look at. He'd have to get uh, cut though, right? They're not yes, gonna, correct. They're correct. not going to deal with us. Uh, the guys that I would look at are players that are unrestricted, you know, free agents next off season. Uh, Darnell Mooney. I don't know that he is in the long-term plans of the bears. You have someone like Marquise Brown, a little bit bigger name, but the Cardinals are tanking. Do they want to restart their clock? Maybe even with a new quarterback like Caleb Williams. I actually think given that they have the Texans pick, they're the front runner to land uh, Caleb Williams because they could, you know, I don't think it would be that hard to trade Kyler Murray to the Minnesota Vikings or Atlanta Falcons. Um, Michael Pittman. I mean, these are just some guys that if these teams are uh, are out of the playoff hunt early and they're not planning on re-signing these guys, they may want to recoup some value instead of letting them walk. So I think that is one avenue we could pursue. Yeah, and if not Mike Evans, maybe some less heralded vet who who wants to ring chase. I don't know who that would be, but but uh, uh, we didn't think at this time last year Kadarius Tony and Elijah Moore would, would be changing teams. So you never know. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in as we sort out the uh, the madness that is the Chiefs wide receiver room. Next week we'll be back with some uh, some fantasy fun for you guys. But until then. For Sterling and Richard, I'm Adam. Go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.